0: Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. While the merry bells keep ringing, happy holiday to you. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. It's the holiday. Hello, ladies season. and gentlemen. Welcome into the 526 podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan, back here on this uh, Tuesday evening, it's December 26th, and um, we're you know, just a day removed from Christmas, so if you celebrate, I hope you enjoyed your Christmas and uh, the holiday season as a whole, and hope you have a wonderful rest of your um, winter vacation, rest of your uh, holiday season as we get into New Year's, and um, hope you enjoyed spending time so far with your loved ones, your friends, and uh, hope it's been a wonderful holiday thus far. And I hope you as well enjoyed the day before Christmas Eve uh, watching some St. John's basketball as they suffered an unfortunate 69-65 to loss to the Yukon Huskies. So, first of all, let me just preface by saying that this loss and the biggest takeaway that I had from it was it's one of those games where, and it's very rare, that you come away from saying, I can, you know, accept losing. You know how people say, I can accept losing, but I cannot accept, you know, Whatever it is, the reason that they lost by, and I'll give you an example, you know, the loss to uh, Michigan where St. John's got obliterated, um, you know, people are saying, you know, I can accept losing, but I can't accept, you know, the 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 poor defense or the uh, inconsistent offense or, you know, an offense that's just revolved around the players trying to just go one-on-one um and all that good stuff. I think that's kind of the way that people felt off of that game. Um, but for sure, I think after this UConn game, I think the feelings were, you know, it was a quote unquote good loss. Not a, not um any loss is is good, but I felt like this one was a little bit different because, you know, I didn't think that Saint John's played bad at all I thought this was probably the best basketball they've played in a loss throughout the entire season and like I said obviously you of course want to come out um as the uh as the winner but the fact that you were able to go on the road to Hartford in a you know, a, a tough environment, um, and even though UConn did not have their uh, big Donovan Klingon, you know, you were, I think, able to go toe-to-toe, and, and after um, the first couple minutes where St. John's found themselves in 11-3 to hole, and they were able to slowly but surely, um, or actually, let me, let me put that um, on the back burner, in a in a quick manner, um, turn the tide and, you know, tie up UConn at eleven all after UConn went on a bit of a scoring drought. And I definitely thought that, you know, with the um with what that showed you was A, uh St. John's, you know, probably Put their foot on the gas when UConn may have taken theirs off, but also showed the ability that they could be headstrong in a, in a time like that where throughout the first couple minutes the offense was non-existent, and it felt like things were really swinging towards UConn's way there um, almost halfway through the first half, and then you were able to come back with good defense, um, with, you know, of course making shots and and uh and all that stuff that has led you to where um you know to where you want to be. I really liked, you know, how I felt the defense has well played first of all against a a really good opponent. I thought that this was the first time against a quality opponent we have seen St. John's come out with some really good defense. It was good against Xavier. But you know, with the way Xavier's been struggling, you you kind of figured, okay, St. John's would be able to have a good night offens- uh defensively rather. But against UConn, kind of it really felt like, okay, if they play like this to this level defensively against you know your tougher opponents throughout the season in the Big East, or uh, screw that, all the every game, you know they're going to be in good shape um, to get a bid come March. But You know, the unfortunate part, obviously, is that you let an opportunity slip. Because of how well they played defensively, and because of how it seemed like, you know, for the first time, um, you know, in a while, we saw St. John's team really rise to the occasion in a big game. They unfortunately could not come on the winning side. Of things, so like I said, unfortunate that rebounding, you know, was the issue. I felt like that's something that we haven't seen so far this season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like rebounding has been part of this team's strong suit with Soriano and Ledlam. Um, even if nights where Ledlam struggles on the offensive side, he'll typically make up for it in the rebounding category. And as a team, St. John's, you know, they were only out rebounded 37-34. It's not like they got completely dominated on the glass, but they unfortunately did get dominated on the glass when it counted the most in the final couple minutes of that game. Rick Petino cited that as his main issue with the loss to the Huskies. He said that, you know, getting rebounded on the glass like we did is unacceptable. And he said that that's... What his—that's the reason he believes why Saint John's lost the game. Um, I personally believe it was that, and while well, he did say in his post-game interview that the media would cite that it was the missed free throws, um, which he said was not the main reason they lost the game. Um, or the reason why they lost the game, it was getting out-rebounded, which he is correct. In the final couple minutes, they gave UConn too many second chance opportunities. But at the same time, when Ledlam steps to the free throw line, you gotta hit your free throws. I mean, let's, let's you know, it could have been a tied 63 game, or at worst, St. John's is down by one, and the opportunity to either get a stop, or hopefully just eliminate a three, and you know, you're still in a Position there to where it's a uh, a one possession game. Rather, um, St. John's, unfortunately, you know, the final couple minutes gave it right back to UConn um, after they took, you know, uh, a lead there on a big uh, Glenn Taylor made three. Who, you know, Glenn Taylor, I think so far this season has been someone where it's you know, he's been a little uh, undervalued, but at the same time, he's been really a key factor um, in some of these wins. I think that he definitely plays a role off ball, and he definitely does a good job when his opportunity comes to where he can knock down a big shot uh, like that to give St. John's a, uh, a lead, and, you know, up by two with you know 4:15 left you kind of think to yourself, you know, all right, let's see you know what these guys can really do after this media timeout and UConn just, you know, came out guns blazing. I mean, they were they were ready to go uh and unfortunately, St. John's, I don't want to say they weren't ready to go, but it was clear UConn had the upper hand just because they were able to 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 get boards and um and it just felt like, you know, that f- those final couple minutes, UConn did everything right, St. John's did everything wrong. And I felt like that's a common theme that we have seen over the past couple of seasons. The only difference is the common theme over that time period was St. John's um, in the previous regime, and um, I think the previous couple regimes, to say the least— uh they were very um it it felt like these moments happened you know once every other game maybe they put something together but they have never been able to consistently put games together and put a good string of games together against the opponents St. John's is facing right now and i definitely feel like with the schedule the way that the out of conference schedule was uh, selected, and the games you faced prepared you for the UConn Huskies as your second Big East game, where it felt like, you know, with Mike Anderson in the previous couple seasons, it took longer for St. John's to finally start showing that they were able to play Big East ball. I think that's why in the Big East tournament, they had put together some close games Unfortunately, it was, and I'm just kind of reiterating the same air that has been, um, you know, pulled out of this balloon for uh, a while now. But I do think that it's the reason why we walk away from this game saying, you know what? The loss sucks. You blew an opportunity for sure. But in terms of losing a game where you you really took the defending national champs to the wire and i don't care if they were out were without their big joel soriano only had 5 shots and more on that in a second but it definitely felt like you know okay you know i can live with a loss like this i can live with a loss like this this is one of those where it's like i can accept that it's unfortunate but i can accept it and it's really unfortunate because you squandered an opportunity but you know you definitely feel better about it and like Rick Pitino said he was going to have a good Christmas because of how well his team played now Joel Soriano only getting five shots is uh sucks I mean let's just call it what it is that shouldn't happen you know people have been saying and while he was the leading scorer with 14 he needs to have the ball um in his hand and put up more shots St. John's as as a whole I thought offensively did not have their best night only shooting 22.2% from beyond Um, but UConn only made one more three than St. John's so we defended the outside shot well St. John's did shoot uh, 38.5% from the field and, uh, you know, I think that's something that they need to clean up. But um, the way they defended was you gave yourself an opportunity there at the end. You just couldn't come away with it when things were all said and done. And it's like Rick Patino said, we play this UConn team a month ago or just a few weeks ago. Um, we lose by by 20. You know, we, we don't even come within close of hanging with them, basically, is what he was saying. St. John's, though, put it together. They just could not finish it. And I definitely think that with the way St. John's has looked, with the way St. John's has prepared going into each game, and I'm going to say it again, and the way they've picked the schedule, you are better prepared for the Big East play right now. So I like that, and I like where St. John's is at. Now I don't want them to get complacent because it only gets harder from here. They've gotta, you know, be ready to go um, the same exact way they were against UConn, and especially with the zone. It's great seeing them, you know, effectively using a zone, effectively using a different style of defense, and you know, not just with the press, but using a zone where you can, you know, have a cohesive unit out there on the floor communicating. And all that good stuff is is good to see and um, happy that St. John's is, is going to that. Now moving forward, um, you know, with the rest of the schedule so far and what's coming up, you've got an opportunity to get the bitter taste out of your mouth with the loss to Yukon and granite you're you know, it's a week, and we've seen sometimes where St. John's gets a heavy break, and they do not uh, come out well their next game. But you know, knock on wood, that does not happen here against Hofstra, who they've come out of the gate struggling so far, which has been a kind of a, su- a surprise. While they do lead the CAA, I want to start off with that. They unfortunately have a seven and five record. Um, You know, with losses to St. Louis and UNLV on their record. Um, Loss to George Washington, which isn't terrible, but isn't really that good either. Uh, Solid losses to Princeton and, of course, Duke. But, you know, none of their wins right now really stand out to me. The only one that I really can say, man, that's a a quality win, I think. Think would be Norfolk State uh, as of right now. I think Norfolk State because of where they are in the MEAC. I think that's probably their biggest quality win. I could be wrong, but um, yeah. So I think that St. John's going into it, they need to just handle their business and uh, prepare the same way they've been preparing for the past couple weeks since that Boston College loss and uh let's see what what we can do now um against Hofstra at UBS Arena uh you know it's been some time since St. John's has faced off against Hofstra um it's uh it's definitely you know a nice and I think this is something that is really cool about this season and since we're nearing the end of uh, the out of conference play, it's pretty cool that we're seeing St. John's play a lot of teams from around the New York City area this year. Um, obviously Hofstra, you know Fordham and Stony Brook. Really neat to see a lot of these, you know, solid mid major teams. I mean Stony Brook isn't really, but you know Hofstra and definitely Fordham. You know, in the A10 and CAA conference, it's really cool that we get to see the Saint John's. It is 22 and five historically against Hofstra. The last time they played the Pride was December 20th, 2009, in a 72 to 60 win for the Red Storm at the Garden. Um, you know, this was kind of a uh, not an annual uh, game that they played. Um, Actually, it was an annual game. I'm sorry, it was an annual game. But before the last time, they had taken a, a small hiatus. Now they've taken a major hiatus away from um, facing each other. But since you know the '90s and into the 2000s, this was a this uh, this matchup had a little juice. Um, you know, where you had the uh, the smaller you know conference school in Hofstra taken on. The bigger Big East opponent, and Hofstra definitely got their uh, their share of wins against St. John's, definitely in the Norm Robert years. But uh, hopefully, we can see in the first uh, game in the Rick Patino era for St. John's, and the first game between Patino and Speedy Claxton, we see St. John's come out on top. But thanks everyone for tuning in. Again, enjoy the rest of your holiday. Um, Have a wonderful New Year. I'm not sure if I'm going to be back on before, um, you know, the clock strikes midnight. But hopefully, uh, you know, everyone has a uh, great, great New Year's. And uh, as always, I'll talk to you next time.